Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, but I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let uh, Sunday was kind of a crazy day, so didn't get a chance to record an episode Sunday, had to get some sleep, get some rest, and uh, so here we are. Day late, a uh, few dollars short, uh, better late than never, the show must go on, all those good cliches all thrown in to hopefully make you feel better about missing one day of this episode. Who am I kidding? Uh, nobody's watching this anyway, except for that those three of you. I appreciate the three of you. I don't know who you are, but I appreciate the fact that you're watching. <laughs> so, um, yeah, today we're going to get into a few different things to talk about. Uh, first off, we are going to give a nice round of applause, which he got a standing ovation today. Uh, John MacArthur in California um, facing uh, misdemeanor citations and threats of shutting off the power and the water and threats of arrest and so on. John MacArthur did have service there at Grace to You Church in California today and apparently, or yesterday, Sunday, I'm, here I am still thinking it's Sunday that I'm recording on Sunday and I'm not. So Sunday morning, Grace to You, or Grace Community Church, Grace to You is the, the uh, podcast and, and media source of, of Grace Community Church. So um, they did have their service, no arrests as far as we know. Um, so yeah. And again, the, the great line that he said as he opened up is welcome to, uh, Grace Community Church, uh, peaceful protest because apparently peaceful protests are allowed in LA. Uh, Mayor Garcetti over there has no problem with peaceful protests, has no problem going to peaceful protests, but Churches can't get together. He's willing to overstep those constitutional lines to order churches to stay shut, but yet not willing to cross over those uh, constitutional lines to quell the mostly peaceful but sometimes violent protests that are going on in that city. So again, I mean, the the... The sarcasm basically writes itself, right? I mean, literally, you've got a mayor and a governor of a state and city uh, allowing, and I mean, I have no problem, and I, personally, I want to see churches open, I want people to protest, I want all those things, that the freedoms that we have to be happening, but again, in a protest, and to even call it mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful means somewhat not peaceful, somewhat violent, somewhat criminal. And that's not okay. Ever. You, you listen to 
the different people trying to defend the the riots and and the looting and the violence that's going on well they're they're outraged no no and 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 then again i've seen the other arguments of well you know white people riot when uh their sports team wins that's wrong too Again, we, we run into this situation of, well, you, the one side does it this way and one side does it this way. It's both wrong. Both ways are wrong. Anytime you have any violence or destruction of private property or other people's property or uh, injuries or shootings or looting or any of those things, it is wrong. It's wrong to do it in the name of George Floyd or... Black Lives Matter or police brutality or any of those things, it is wrong. And it's wrong to do it in the name of my team won or lost the big game. Right? I mean, so why are we making the arguments? Why can we not just say this is wrong? These people need to be put in jail. And why do we have, coming back to the the, the actual point, sorry, a little bit of a a rant there probably do it again at the end when we get to actually talking about George Floyd again but uh why do we have governors not willing to shut down protests that could be super spreader events because well it's constitutionally protected but yet you're willing to dance all over the obvious constitutional violation of telling a church you cannot meet we will shut down your power. We will shut off your water. This is what tyranny looks like. Literally. To have a governor or a mayor or any kind of civic authority saying, yeah, the Constitution says that the Congress shall not make any laws regarding religion or the free exercise thereof, but we're going to tell you to shut it down. Who are you? Right? To, to quote the, the uh, all-powerful um, meets, uh, checks every box, uh, is qualified to discuss any uh, topic guru, uh, Greta Thunberg, how dare you? Right? I mean, it just doesn't get more ridiculous to this. The, the Calvary Chapel... Um, I'm not sure what city it is. I, I want to say the pastor is Rob McCoy. But they were, I mean, literally told, the, we will give out a thousand citations to the people who show up at your church. And so he did a video of, uh, on social media and said, here's the deal. We're still having church. And the first thousand of you who show up will get a citation. So he basically said, it's up to you. It's on you. We'd love to have you come. But fair warning, this is what is supposed to happen. And of course, none of it happened. There were no citations given. Nothing happened. Any, nothing happened at MacArthur's church or the myriad of other churches that have been meeting and so on. Again, we're, we're, we're applauding John MacArthur because he is, he's the, the, the face of this right now because he's well known. He's got a very large church and it became very public. But literally, I mean, our church here in Ogden has been meeting since 
late April, maybe early May, beginning of May. I don't remember exactly when we went back. But we have been meeting the first couple weeks. There was social distancing and masks. Now at this point, there are still one or two people who wear masks. But we are back to full capacity. Obviously, there are still some people who are staying home. We're giving the, you know, the recommendations that if you are sick, please don't come to church. If you feel like you've got, you know, any kind of symptoms, if you are older or have underlying conditions and you are, you know, susceptible to this, please stay home. Take care of yourself. If you are sick or potential to get sick, please do the quarantine thing. Those of you who could get this and and have a very high likelihood of, of surviving it, please come. And there are thousands of churches that have been doing that. We've been doing that. Apologia Church has been doing that. Apologia, I don't think they ever shut down. And again, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I'm not saying John MacArthur is, is you know, and going to church is the, the gold standard and then everybody else is, is being unfaithful and wrong for not doing it. Every every church elders team, which they should have one, um, has to make that decision. I do think I will say Andy Stanley is absolutely wrong to say, well, we're not meeting till 2021. I mean, that's probably actually a good thing. I'd, I'd like to him to just not be doing online sermons or anything like that either and not spreading just garbage theology and bad hermeneutics and, and bad teachings to the people that that would watch online right andy if you're gonna hang you know hang up the keys to the church until 2021 why don't you just hang it all up just just hang it all up take beth moore and jory micah with you and you know go open a a a self-help you can do it you know guru camp somewhere and and have a ball but thank you, John MacArthur, for risking arrest and so on to be the public face of, of the reopening of America's churches. And I really do hope more and more churches will follow suit. And, I mean, again, I don't, it bothers me so much that I have to make this, this disclaimer every time I talk about it. But I do not think COVID is a hoax. I uh, do not begrudge anybody who wants to be safe, who wants to wear a mask, who wants to do any of these things. But the reality is the survivability of this is high. It is very likely that unless you are above the age of 70, if you get this uh, virus, you are going to survive it. That's just the science. The science says masks do not work. If you want to wear one, if you want to continue, especially those of you who wear the same one over and over and you keep it in your pocket or whatever, if you want to strap that Petri dish on your face every day, fine that's on you i hope you're washing it every once in a while replacing it every once in a while because again you know you've seen the memes on facebook and so on with you know this petri dish had a mask on this petri dish didn't and the the controls and blah blah and it's all nasty and these and these and whatever and then the ones with the mask are not so nasty or even pristine which i do not believe in any way shape or form whatever happened no matter what um you're going to have a little bit of growth on a Petri dish. But take a swab of the inside of your mask after wearing it for even two days and put that on a Petri dish. Now, then come back and talk to me. All right? So, <laughs> there's the only, again, second rant of the uh, the episode. Um, 
thank you, John MacArthur, um, for uh, being a, a, a public face for this this uh, excuse me effort to get churches uh, opened up again. Churches, please open your door. This is excuse me. This is going to be the catalyst to opening up the rest of our community or our economy. Excuse me. I'm uh, super. Uh, upper respiratory gastric today. A weird way of, um, probably an incorrect way of saying I got the burps. I apologize. Um, hopefully I'm over that. So, churches, schools, the rest of the economy, opening up, getting back to as close to normal as we can. Um, and I really, honestly, I think we can get back to all the way normal and again just recommend that those people who are older susceptible to this the the to the virus and those who are sick you need to quarantine the rest of us can get back to life as normal we really can whether or not the powers that be are going to allow that that's another question so and then there's joe biden uh joe so gaff after gaff after gaff this week and i really do like steve dace and it may not be his he may have stolen it from someone else but that where i heard it is a gaff is where uh somebody opens up their mouth and the truth unexpectedly comes out and the truth about joe biden is he's not all there mentally his faculties are are deteriorating quickly and something needs to be done about it and so the interview that he does this week and the guy's asking him about cognitive tests, which he had actually talked about months ago, taking the cognitive test. And now he's saying, well, no, I wouldn't take that test, man. Come on, man. Do you take a test for cocaine before you did the show? And are you a junkie? Now, that could all be written off, except for the fact that he was talking to a black man. And I thought we were we were in the BLM moment and, and so on. And that wasn't allowed to say stuff like that about or to a black man and why is Joe not being canceled like anybody else would be for saying them making the exact same remarks why are they not canceling this guy because the reality is they need to I am of the I am of the opinion that everything that the Democrat Party is doing right now with Joe Biden making him do interviews making him stay on the campaign trail is elder abuse. They uh, this man has a mental issue, uh, whether it be dementia, Alzheimer's, something. There is something wrong with his mental faculties, due probably due to his age, that he should not be, in any way, shape, or form, running for the president of the United States. Shouldn't be in no way taking this. Uh, on this endeavor because the reality is is day one if he does get elected if if trump loses this this election and and biden gets it day one i mean 20 minutes after his inauguration they are going to uh invoke the 25th amendment and he's going to be declared uh uncapable unfit to continue on as a president and then whoever comes on as his vice president whoever he picks as his vice president candidate is going to be the, the president so likely uh susan rice 
Kamala Harris, one of those, one of those two. Um, God forbid they they select Stacey Abrams, but that's a possibility too. I'm almost willing to guarantee that Joe Biden's running mate, his vice presidential candidate, is going to be a black female. That that's just that's that's the intersectionality, and that's the way it is. I mean, the only other thing he could do would be to take uh, like RuPaul and to hit all the all the possible intersectionality markers that he needs to, um, you know. Or my suggestion is, if you want to be the the grand unifier that you claim to be, Joe, I suggest you reach across the aisle and. Uh, select Mia Love as your running mate. Yeah, I mean, how more inclusive can you get than a Republican black female and Mormon to boot? So there you go. Checking lots of boxes with that, Joe. So there's my recommendation, Joe. Um, Pick Mia Love, and then I might not be so upset with the whole 25th Amendment day of your inauguration. We'll see what happens. But... Again, if and and that leads us to talk about are there even going to be debates? And I will say it now, mark the tape, uh, you know, um, whatever time you're watching this on August 11th, August 10th, is it the 10th today? It's the 11th now. Wow, we are, uh, yeah, there we go, the 11th. Say again, I forgot, I'm, I'm a day late. So August 11th, mark the tape, uh, Joe Biden will not appear in a presidential debate with, with Donald Trump, whether in person, online, anything. And if, I mean, if it were to happen, I guarantee you he would have someone in his ear. This is why I wouldn't even want to have an online debate because there's no way to tell if they're, they're being fed information or not. And so I will guarantee that if they do a Zoom debate, if Joe appears for a Zoom debate, he's going to have someone in his ear. And then as soon as he goes off script, they're going to cut the power, claim technical difficulties, and it's going to be gone. And so there's my prediction. I do not think there will be a presidential election. And if there are debate, presidential debate, <laughs> Freudian slip on that one, um, there won't be a presidential debate. And if by the, the slim chance that there is, I am willing to put down money that before it is over, Joe Biden's going to go gaffing again and they're going to cut the power. So there, there's my, there's my opinion on that. And then I, we got to talk about this. And I, I, so the new information comes out, new angles of different body cams and stuff like that came out for Floyd, George Floyd this week. Um, and maybe last week, I may be a week late on this, but it, it has to be discussed and it has to be said. Um, so the new information that comes out, he's definitely on some drugs. He's arguing. He doesn't want to get into the cop car. He claims to be claustrophobic. Apparently said he was on his way to his mom who passed away, uh, more than a year ago. Asked not to put him in the car, said he'd rather be on the ground. All these things that George Floyd did. And, oh, he was resisting. And, oh, he was this. And, oh, he was that. And, again, it's the it's the narrative that comes up to go, well, look, he did all this and this and this and this. So 
there's a justification of having him on the ground the way that he was. But here's where I come back to, and I've said it before. I said it when uh, Candace Owen came out and started talking about his criminal background and the horrible things he did prior to this. None of that is relevant after nine minutes with Derek Chauvin's neck or knee on his neck. Autopsy may have said he died of a heart attack that was brought on by nine minutes of Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck. I don't care what they say, what they come out with, what, you know, what cause of death. His death was caused by nine minutes of Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck. And there is no excuse for that. There were two other officers holding him down, further down on his body. He was handcuffed. I believe he was zip-tied on his feet. He, and, and yeah, he may have asked to be put on the ground, but he did not ask to have a knee put on his neck for nine minutes. And then let's let's talk about the other thing. You know, the the conversation has come. I think Ben Shapiro said it that there were, the officers were being very cordial and very you know non threatening, non aggressive or anything until he asked to be put on the ground, asked to not be put in the cop car, asked for this, asked for that. At what point did they stop conceding to every one of his wishes, and not? when he said, please take your knee off my neck. Well, now they're not conceding. You know, it, it, the, it's being put across like these officers were being so nice to him and they were just doing what he asked. He never asked to have nine minutes uh, on the ground with a knee on his neck. That is not a police procedure. And we've seen, we've seen episodes where a person died with a knee in their back. So if, if someone is going to pass away when the, with an officer kneeling on their back, how much more do you think that someone is going to die? If I'm under a cop's knee on my neck for nine minutes without drugs in my system or, or pre-existing heart conditions or any of those things, I'm a dead man too. So again, they can come out with, I mean, even if Derek Chauvin punched an officer, or not Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, Punched an officer. Punched Derek Chauvin. That does not justify nine minutes with a knee on his neck. Did I mention nine minutes with a knee on his neck? And this is why he's become the face. And I said it before. You know, he's not a hero. He was a man who did some bad things. As I look at the, the story and, the, and the, the trajectory, I think he became a repentant man. And then I think at some point in time, he, you know, whatever stressors or whatever caused him to fall off the wagon, to, to go back to using drugs, to go back to criminal activity. Because from what I've heard and read, for once he got out of Texas, I think it was, and got up to, to Minneapolis, um, or Minnesota, or wherever he, whatever state he was in, um, I want to say it was Minneapolis. Uh, for a few years there, he kept his nose clean, and whether that was repentance or whatever it was, he came up to start a new life, to turn over a new leaf, which he apparently did for a while, and then something happened somewhere. 
whether he was laid off. I mean, who knows? I mean, it was right at the time of COVID when it started and the lockdown sh- started up. I can see. I can. I mean, and again, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that this is justified. Everything he did that day was illegal. Passing, being on drugs, passing a, a, a false bill, counterfeit. All those things were illegal and should have landed him back in jail and possibly even prison. But none of that required nine minutes with a knee on his neck. And again, I said it before and I will say it again. Nothing that he did in the past, everything that he did in the past was negated by Derek Chauvin's choice to kneel on his neck for nine minutes. Even when people were saying, hey man, he doesn't look good. You need to get off him and making callous comments like, well, this is what happens when you do drugs, kids. Right? So... And now here's the other issue that I'm more concerned about is the fact that Keith Ellis has overcharged the officers involved. He, I mean, do I believe that Derek Chauvin is guilty of manslaughter? Absolutely. Do I think he was guilty of second degree murder, which involves premeditation? I don't think so. I don't think there's any way you can prove that in a court of law. So if they decide to continue with that charge, I don't think Derek Chauvin's going to be convicted because I don't think you can prove premeditation. I don't think you can prove any of that. But I do think if they went with with manslaughter or negligent homicide, either one of those, you would absolutely get a guilty verdict and justice could be served for George Floyd. But at this point, it looks like that's not going to happen, which is going to lead to more and more riots. So, again, the, the, the issue that I have is, you know, this narrative is coming out and it's almost, and I mean, most people are, are when they're, they're smart enough to go to not say, well, he deserved it because he did not. But there's a, a, an underlying tone in all these things. Well, we were lied to about the original information and da-da-da-da-da. New stuff came out and, and it's not true and, and so on. Right. But that does not matter when he had nine minutes with a knee on his neck. That narrative is negated. But that narrative is coming up to try to say, to try to justify what was happened, to try to justify this man's murder. And you can't. No amount of new information that can come out can overpower that absolute visual that we saw of nine minutes and you can watch the entire nine minute video of nine minutes you can watch it from the beginning well somewhere around the beginning to the very end when George Floyd lay dead on the ground and again he's not a hero but how he became the face of this this movement the Black Lives Matter at the moment is the same and personally this is my opinion is the same reason why Emmett Till became such a catalyst. Because of the visual. You know, how many black men got got lynched around the, the, the time of Emmett Till? And it was never acknowledged. There was nothing, no big uh, movement was launched out of those. But Emmett's mother's decision to open his casket so people could see 
how badly he was beating beaten made him the face of that movement. The absolute horrifying visual of a video of this man, George Floyd, on the ground with a knee on his neck for nine minutes made him that amazing visual, same as the horrifying visual of Emmett Till, this horrifying visual made him the face of of this movement at this time. Nobody's going back and saying, oh, he was such a great guy. It seemed like he was trying but yeah, he had some issues in the past, and there's nobody that's, that won't ad- admit to that. But it was the visual. Derek Chauvin made George Floyd the visual, the, the face of the BLM movement at this time. Because he chose to not get off of this man when he was asked to multiple times. And I think it had to do with pride. I honestly think the pride of that officer said, I'm not, well, you know, I think if, 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 and this sounds like I'm blaming the bystanders, don't hear me say that, but if they hadn't said anything, maybe he would have gotten off. And again, I mean, this is, this is a speculation from, from nowhere, except for the way that I look at this and his attitude and his callous demeanor seemed to think that he was sitting there and he, he came to the attitude of, I'm not going to let these people tell me what to do. Don't tell me how to do my job. And that pride allowed that man to stay on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and killing him. Whether that was the, and, and if, if the, the cause of death, according to the coroner is, you know, heart failure or cardiac arrest or whatever, I will stay here and I will stake my life on the fact that that cardiac arrest was exacerbated and brought on by nine minutes with a knee on his neck. Bottom line. Nothing else needs to be addressed except for the fact that he had nine minutes with a knee on his neck and that killed him. That turned Derek Chauvin from police officer to thug murderer. And other than that, I don't have strong feelings about it. So um, there you go. That's our our, our stuff for this week. Um, Sorry again about being a day late. Um, I hope this was was helpful or at least somewhat entertaining um, somewhere along the way or informative. Um, Tell me where you think I'm wrong. Go ahead and hit me in the comments, comments on Facebook. I'll, I'll take them anywhere. Let's chop it up. Let's talk about it. If you really think I'm wrong on any of this stuff, let's let's break it down and uh, let's talk it out. But this is where I stand. This is this is my podcast, my opinion. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, hopefully on time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.